Well, I got a few minutes and I want to share uh, some of God's word. Before I do, you know, we're talking about good. I do want to say thank you, or, you know, God is so good. Uh, I want to say thank you for letting us go on the sabbatical that we went on. Uh, we were out for five weeks, um, and man, it was just so refreshing. Our soul was refreshed. It's probably the first sabbatical. I've only been on two, but it, I was so refreshed. Um, in fact, throughout the sabbatical, Phyllis and I have got so many great mentors in our life. Um, we called one of them and said, hey, we're going to take our family on a trip. We want to go on a vacation, and we were thinking about doing it towards the end of sabbatical. We just pulled the kids out of school. Teachers, don't be mad at me. We pulled them out of school, and uh, you know they've had a hard couple of years. Trust me, building this church and this building has not been easy for our family. Uh, writing that book has not been easy, uh, just like the attacks you experienced, we've experienced. And uh, so we took the time and told my mentor, and he said, uh, he said, you know, in fact, I agree with you. I want to pay for your vacation. Come on, somebody. How I many know it's good to have people that you, I didn't go there asking for it, but bless God, I'll receive it. And uh, Phyllis and I were talking about, well, where do you want to go? He said, pick wherever you want to go. And we just said, man, he knows where to go. So we told him, where do you want us to go? And he said, aha, I've got the perfect place. He said, it's a slice of heaven on earth. And uh, they booked us a place over in Rosemary Beach in Florida. And uh, he said, I've got this place where we stay, and I just, I, we're going to do it. I'm going to have my assistant send you the address and the confirmation number. And we said, oh, man, praise God. Well, lo and behold, next day, I mean, come on, how many love those friends the next day? <laughs> We had an address and a confirmation number. Well, Pastor Phyllis and I, what did we do? We started booking flights. You know, we, we, we started looking around at what's happening in the area, what we could go to. We booked a rental car. And then, lo and behold, the day comes and we start packing our bags. And, uh, man, it was absolutely great. We packed the bags, loaded the car, went to the airport, jumped out of the car, uh, head down 30A, if you've ever been there in Florida, beautiful place, beautiful location, get to the rental office and uh, walked in, said, hello. I'd never talked to anybody, but said, walked in, said, hey, my name is uh, Jim Kyles, and here's my confirmation number. And uh, that lady said, hello, Mr. Kyles, let me look it up, types in the confirmation number and said, well, it's right here, Mr. Kyles, here's the keys to your condo. I said, bless God, and we got in the car and went to the condo. Had an amazing experience. It was absolutely one of the greatest vacations that we have ever been in our life. But what's interesting about it, all we had was an address and a confirmation number. We hadn't talked to anybody. We just had the word of a mentor who said, I've got your trip paid in full. All you got to do is show up. And I wonder if there are those of us here today that God has a place of promise for your life. He has already paid for. Maybe that address is healing. Maybe that address is relational restoration. Maybe that address is financial blessing and debt freedom. I don't know what the address is, but I do want you to know that Jesus has already paid in full that promise that God has for your life. But to receive the promise, I mean, no, I'm going to have to do a few things. Got to go and book the flights. Got to go get the rental car. You know, there never was any moment in this. In fact, we never called the rental agency. 
There was never any moment where I sat back and said, oh, I'm not sure they did what they said they were going to do. There was never any moment where there was procrastination on the flights. In fact, I want you to know as soon as I got that confirmation number, boom, we were on the flights. Why? Because the prices go up the longer you wait. And I wonder if some of you have been waiting and waiting and waiting and God's got his confirmation number. What is it? It's the word of God. His word is your confirmation for the promise that he has for your life. And so we've got to say, no, no, I'm not going to wait. See, I had ultimate faith in my mentor. I want you to know that God is greater than any mentor. God is greater than any natural father, and when he gives us a promise, he will fulfill the promise that he has for you in your life. Hebrews 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Well, what are you saying, Pastor? Look, one translation says faith is the title deed. It's the title deed. It's the confirmation number. So when you're needing healing, you go to Isaiah 53, 5, which says, by his stripes, I am healed. You need salvation. You grab a hold of Joshua 24 that says, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You need joy. You go to Nehemiah chapter 8. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's where I get the strength for my life. When you need victory, you need to grab a hold of the word that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned. That I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. You've got to grab a hold of the promises and live your life with the faith that God's going to do what God said he would do. It's always interesting to me how to live a life of faith takes so much courage. It's, it's, it's dumbfounding how we can have more faith in people than we do in God. Right? I mean, think about that little illustration. What did it take for us to do what we did? Faith. We believed. I think some of the challenges we may not really believe we hear from God, and it goes back to what I said earlier, I wasn't planning on saying, but I, I think it goes back to some of the false humility. Ah, yeah. oh, I'm not good enough, so we don't believe we're qualified enough for the promise. We don't believe we earned the promise. We don't believe we're good enough for the promise. I want you to know that God's promise is good because he gave it to you. It was him that paid the price. Yeah. It's not conditional based on us. He loves us. And that's what I learned a long time ago. You know, it's, it's easy for you to say, well, I messed up. Man, when I mess up, I just get back up. Yeah. It's not if you mess up, it's... So why are we so hard on ourselves? Have you ever had your child mess up and you're like, lock up, No, you're like, hey, man, get up. Get up. I told my kids, look, I'm not your authoritarian anymore. I'm your coach. I said, it breaks my heart. One of them was doing something the other day, and I said, man, I'm really nervous for you. Because <laughs> you're getting to the age, they ain't taking me to jail, baby. I'll never forget one day, my mom, I don't even know. I'll never forget this, and I'm not even sure how I feel about it today, but we went and ate lunch, and I was 20-something years old and young adult, and we are sitting there. I'll never forget we're in a strip center eating Mexican because my mom loves Mexican food. It's her favorite food, and we're talking and having a good time, and out of the blue, she says, son, and I want you to know if you ever end up in jail, I will still love you. 
<laughs> okay, mom. I'll come and visit you. And to her credit, I was acting like an idiot in those days. But I'll never forget because up until then, for some reason, it had felt conditional. Not, not her love, I mean, but it's me. You know how we, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And I had always just had a struggle, and for whatever reason, that day I realized, no matter what, my mama loves me. Can I tell you this? No matter what, your daddy loves you. Your daddy loves you. And there's nothing that you could do that would cause him to love you less. Nothing. And my greatest desire as your pastor is to raise up an army that would enjoy the promises that God has for us here on this earth. Like we're going to fight battles. We're going to move forward and advance his kingdom. We see lots of people saved, set free, and delivered. But it doesn't do God any good. He doesn't get any glory out of a pitiful church. He's looking for a powerful church that understands, look, we can have things, but things are not going to have us. We can walk through good times, but we don't live for good times. We're not deceived. See, we keep an eye on eternity. My, my dear friend Peter Johnston is, has been a great mentor to me in this church and helped me even with the book. We, we did a lot of the work together. Where you at, Peter? I don't know where you at. Um, the theologian of the house, adjunct professor over at Wesleyan, Oklahoma Wesleyan. And, you know, one of the things that Peter has really taught me over the years is, Pastor, we got to make sure that we keep an eye on eternity while we keep an eye here on this earth. And I think as we do that, we recognize I don't live for the promises, but I do want to experience the promises. And then if it doesn't happen the way I want, that's okay. To God be the glory. My eyes on eternity. It's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. And I think sometimes we don't feel good enough to receive God's promise. I was thinking about this, this building. You're, you're experiencing a faith walk right now. The reality of what you're sitting in is the journey of faith that we took as a church. When we started this process, they had a whole montage we showed at the grand opening. Uh, Bobby and the trustees, I know you guys, Ollie, and y'all just remember, Pavel, we, uh, we sat around a table, talked about this building. We needed to raise a million dollars in 100 days. I know you're like, yeah, pastor, but you got it. Can I tell you, I had never raised more than $100,000 at one time up until that point. Oh, but you got it. Yeah, yeah, hindsight is always 2020. I'll never forget, we sat there and I said, this is either going to be the best thing or the dumbest thing. And I told God, I said, God, listen, I'm not trying to build my kingdom. I'll never forget this conversation. God and I, we just had this chat. And I, I, I'm, I'm getting nervous because it's getting real. And I'm like, God, if we're to do this, I just need a word from you. Like, I know it seems good, it's natural, it's the next step of progression, like we're portable, we gotta get a place, but how I many know I'm not looking for man's progression, I'm looking for God's miracles. There's never a path from the pit to the palace. There's never a path from the field to the palace. Either way, it's always supernatural, God moves you. And so for me, it's like, yes, we're gonna continue to be wise and good stewards and take great steps, but God, there are moments when you ask us to take steps that are miracles, and I'll never forget, I, I got a word from him. It was Saturday morning prayer, 9 a.m., and he gave me Jeremiah 32, 27. I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? 
I had that one word. It was, it was the most miraculous thing to me. I had a 20-year-old journal. And it was on like page five, the top left, first scripture. I had just prayed for whatever reason, pulled this journal out, opened it up. And right there was the word of God that helped me to see what God wanted us to do. And from that moment on inside, I, I told the church just the other day, I almost felt this giddy up. All right, here we go. Like, here we go. And what happened inside of me? Let me tell you what happened inside of me. There was a resolve. Yeah. What do you mean a resolve? I cannot quit. I will not quit. Quitting's not an option. I cannot quit. I will not quit. Quitting's not an option. I cannot quit. I will not quit. Quitting's not an option. Why? Because now I had heard from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I didn't have man's opinion. And listen, we had all kinds of people come in and give us consulting and advice. We would never have done this had we not gotten wise counsel and advice. And we had all the people come in. But listen, you can have all the wise counsel and still make the wrong move. You've got to make sure that as a believer, we're not advancing our kingdom. We're advancing his. And I had a word, and in the middle of that word, I felt the Lord really speak, you've got this. And we walked it out. Listen, walking it out wasn't easy. Walking it out was a challenge. Many obstacles. Bobby, many a days, didn't look like we were going to make it, did it? But look at God. To God be the glory. What did I tell you? I just kept saying, we're not quitting. We're not stopping. We're advancing. We're moving forward. It reminds me of the story of Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Abraham and Sarah, if you've ever read the story, Abraham's the father of many nations. And I'm going to read this passage to you, and I'm going to share just two things for you. It won't be long, but Romans 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 18 through 24. Abraham and Sarah were given by God a promise at the age of, Abraham was 75, you will have a son. So think about this. At the age of 75, God says, Abraham... Or it was Abram back then. I'm going to make you a father of a great nation. Your descendants will be as the sand on the seashore. Abraham's 75. Do I have anybody 75 years old in this place here? If you want to raise your hands, got a few brave people to raise your hands, a couple in here. Can you imagine the Lord saying, I would be like, yo, God, could we have done this sooner? Do I get a vote? Abraham didn't get a vote. He says, yes, amen, awesome. Him and his wife, they had been barren, didn't have any kids. Now, what you may not know is that Abraham and Sarah wait 25 years from the time until the promise was given until the promise was received. And I just want to read this passage. It says, against all odds, now Paul is going to talk about them and highlight him as a man of faith. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He believed. Everybody say believed. God said it. I believe it. And then you've heard that saying, that settles it. It's kind of a trite little saying that people say, but it's, it's the truth, right? God says it. I believe it. That should settle it. Well, it settled it for Abraham. Said he took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Do you know God has a declaration over your life? He is declaring things over your life. The banner of your life is Jesus. And he's got promises that he wants you to receive and live out. And it says, look, your descendants will be so many that it will be impossible to count them. Then look at what it continues to say. In spite of being nearly 100 years old, now this is when he received the promise, 
of having a son was made, his faith was so strong. Everybody say strong. 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 Couldn't be undermined by the facts. <laughs> How many are looking at some facts? The fact is your bank account may be very, very low. Fact is you might be separated from your spouse. Fact is you might have a, a loved one in jail. The fact is your kids may be full-blown rebellion. The fact is there may be pain in your body. The fact is your mind might be troubled with fear and anxiety and depression and oppression. Those are all facts that are subject to change because of God's promise. And it says, but his faith it couldn't be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. He never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promise, Abraham glorified God. Can I tell you, when you receive your promise, it will glorify God? See, it's not even about you. How many would love to be the person where God says, that, that's what I tell people all the time, this building is a testament of God's glory. This building is a testament of the greatness of the God that we serve, a God of miracles. Yeah. So, so now you can see why Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness before God. I mean, I love it. One of the things you learn is that we, as we step in faith, we choose to believe regardless of the facts. Say choose. So I'm going to choose to believe. Don't let the facts dissuade or discourage you from believing God's promise. I think some of the challenge is that we don't know God's promises. So then it's like, God, I don't know if you want that for me. Well, the Bible has over 4,000 promises that he has given to us as believers that as a believer we can grab a hold of and say, God, these promises belong to me. Look, Abraham and Sarah, they didn't stick their head in the sand. I, I think we've got to be careful. Faith is not blind. Faith is not like getting a coin and throwing it into a wishing well. We were in Rome. What was the name of that, that fountain that everybody goes in and throws the, the coins in? We're, and, huh? The Trevi fountain, yes. So you throw it in there, and it's like, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to wish. Listen, look, God ain't a fountain you wish upon. It's not like I saw a falling star and I'm going to make a wish tonight. No, no, God's promises are yes and amen. When he said it, that settles it, and I believe it. I'm going to walk this thing out, and it's not a blind faith. Look, when we had all the challenges here, even in the building, look, we never just said, well, how much money do you need? Just a lot. How many have ever said, well, how much do you need? Well, I just need a lot. No, no, that's blind faith. You know, what, you know what real giant slaying faith is? Go find out how much that total is. No, at one point it was like, we need $1.3 million. Okay, we knew exactly what the, the mountain was that we were gonna have to climb, the giant that we were gonna have to slay. And the miracle was somewhere in the middle. Some of it God brought in through people giving, some of it we saved and some of it we borrowed, but the miracle was right there in the middle. We never put our heads in the sand. We named the giant that we needed God to slay. And some of you have been living in this blind faith. God, I just need you to help me. Well, what do you need? Why don't we name what it is that we're faced with and face the facts because our God is greater than facts. It's not blind faith. And I want to leave you with this. If it's not blind faith, then what is it? It's real faith. How do we get faith? It's God's word 
that forges faith in our life. It's God's word. There is no other way. Romans 10, 17, so, so then faith, everybody say faith, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you wanna build faith? Get in the word. Guys, you guys can come up with me. I'm believing that this is the year of miracles. I'm believing that God's gonna continue to do exponential, supernatural. And I wanna stir you. You know, I, I really thought about what, what is today? Celebrate. Here's, here's today, here's the culmination. Join God's story of miracles. Join it. Come be a part of what God's doing. I, I, I know you're here and we're physically present, but how many know you can be physically present and still not really here? You can walk through the door week in and week out and still not experience what God wants you to experience. And I believe where God wants to take you is gonna take faith. I think some of you, me as well, let's, let's say this, some of us, We've experienced some disappointments. Anybody, is that you? Anybody? And I hate social media, I hate it. I actually, I don't even know. I, I, would, <laughs> I would sue it, kill it. I don't know what I'd do with it. I, I told them to deactivate my accounts and then they activated them and, I, and I've tried to get back on. Why do I hate it? Because you can look at the highlight reel and think my life is perfect. It's a false life, it's a fake life. And then we come to church and we bring this fake life into here and we never acknowledge the struggles and the, like, I, I don't know about you, but in my greatest victories, I had the greatest battles. I wish battles would just come one by one. Just, just give me one. But I don't know about you, they don't ever have it. It's like a barrage, it's like, like, good Lord, I got arrows in my back. I got swords. It's like the devil just shooting, killing, doing. And it's like, God, can I just have one? He's like, no, no, no. I can't do it, God. He said, you're right. See, you think God won't give you more than you can handle. I would disagree. He's going to give you more so that you go back to him. And don't be lulled asleep by all the great victories. With every great victory is a great struggle and trial and... <laughs> I remember getting in the building and thinking, wow, I thought it would feel better, but you're still fighting other battles. And why do I say that? Because I think some of you are in the same place that I'm in. And I'm not saying, hey, listen, my life is good. Do I have any major, I think we all struggle. But I know what it's like. I mean, I, I, so even, I'm gonna give this, even with the book, it's like, oh, I'm an author, but I'm in a lawsuit. That's how come you don't have the book. Just be honest with you. The publisher and I, did have, we had a disagreement. So, so my point is, why would you tell me that? Why, because I want you to know that in the greatest victory of one of the greatest messages that I have ever written about, talked about, preached about, lived out, there's battles. 
Some of you, God healed you in the revival and then you feel like you lost a little bit of it. I just want you to know it's just part of the battle. You gotta fight and contend back. If you had it, you just go back and get the ground for it. Some days you feel like you're winning in your family and some days you feel like you're losing. Come on, somebody, am I telling the truth? Some days you feel like, God, I've got all the resources and the next day you're like, well, I gave. Why am I fighting? Well, because the devil doesn't like you. But I do want you to know this. There's a miracle that's happening this year, and I'm believing for more than one. I'm believing miracles, signs, wonders. Come on, can you stand on your feet? Can we give the Lord an ovation of praise? God, we love you. God, we worship you. God, we praise you. We magnify. Come on, tell him how much you love him. Hey! God, we love you. 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 And I wonder as we get ready to close, you know, I just want to say a prayer over you. That no matter where you're at, and maybe, hey, maybe life is good. I, I, I heard Andy Stanley say a long time ago, you're either going into the storm, you're in the middle of the storm, or you're coming out of the storm. And uh, maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't need anything, I'm good. You listen, I, God bless you, that's awesome, but grab a hold of this word because there's gonna be a day when a miracle is needed. And the thing about faith is faith realizes I can't produce that miracle. And I wonder if this morning we could just say, God, we need you. It's not about our strength. Come on, just talk to him, whatever the Holy Spirit would have you say to him. Lord, we, we realize it's not about how good we can be or how smart we are. But God, it's all about you. We love you. Father, I pray over each person. God, would you touch them? Would you bless them? Would you minister to them? Would you give your grace to them to walk through this struggle and this challenge, whatever it is that they're faced with, whatever they're going through? Lord, give them more. Alexis, sing something behind me. Come on, church. That's it. Come on, worship him. just a moment. I want to pray for those of you that maybe you're here today and we're talking about miracles, but you've not experienced the greatest miracle. And that's salvation. You've been living your life with your control. You've lived it the way you've wanted to live it. You have done what you wanted to do and you realize that my life in my hands is a mess. I'm lost. Some of you, maybe you lived for God for a little while and you backslid. That's what we call it in the church. You just turned your back and like the prodigal son left and went and did your, own, did your own thing. But the thing I love about the story of the prodigal son is that it says in the midst of his muck and the mire and the pig pen and the lowest of lows, it says he came to his senses. And I wonder if there's any of you in this place, maybe today's the day where it's like, I'm coming to my senses. That God, I need you. 
I want to live for you. I want to surrender my life to you. And the Bible, Jesus, the way he termed it was, come and follow me. What does that mean? That means I'm gonna, I was going this direction, it's all about me, but now, Jesus, it's all about you. So that means I'm gonna read my Bible in the morning, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna fellowship with believers in small groups, and I'm gonna come to church and gather as the big church, and, and, and then I'm gonna go out into the world and I'm gonna share the gospel of Jesus. That's what happens when we get saved. It's not just a prayer we pray, and now we checked it off our list and we're going to heaven. No, it is a radical life change that everything changes. And it's because we surrender our lives to Him. And we say, yes, I choose you. You say, what's well, gonna cost me everything? That's right. But He gives us everything. Salvation, eternity with Him. And if that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder, just in this moment, you say, I wanna surrender my life, I wanna follow Jesus, I want my life to change from this moment on. Would you just raise your hand as an act of surrender? Just say, that's me, I'm ready, I'm ready to go all in. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, yes. Come on, church, tell them how proud you are. I believe it's the best decision you'll ever make. Say this with me, say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I give all of me in exchange for all of you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising again. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit and power. Right now, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Come on, celebrate God, hey! Yes!